We've been on a subject on the Sunday mornings for a while now that we're calling the perfect will of God. And if you'd look again in Romans, the 12th chapter, I want to continue that. We've, we've covered a number of parts of this. And so if you haven't been with us, you, if you're in the building, you can go in, in the back or the front, depending on which way you're going. And if you need a CD or DVD of some of these others, or you can go, quickest way is go online, download it or watch it. It won't cost you anything, no charge. And we've covered a lot prior to this. Why would it be beneficial? Because life is short. And there's only one perfect will of God. Now you can do a lot of stuff. You can do your own thing and waste 40 years. You can waste your whole life. And only when you're breathing your last realize that you wasted your time in life. Because God gave us a free will. He's not going to force us or make us do something even though it's his plan and his will. So that's, that's why we're talking about these things. What does the word say? You've got to watch about, you know, sometimes people will get all serious and go, well, now I'll just tell you what I believe. Well, you can believe something completely and be wrong. You can be deceived. You can believe a lie all your life. And so uh, I've had people say, well, you know, I got a preacher, I got a right to my beliefs. Not if you're a Christian. We got a book. Oh, come on, help me out here. I said, we got a book. You're not supposed to just make up stuff and believe it. If Jesus is your Lord, you're supposed to believe what he told you. And, And examine everything in line with that. And whether it's myself or any other teacher, preacher, pastor, examine everything in line with the written word. And if it's really the word, you'll find it not just in half of a twisted verse. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And if it's a real truth in the word, you'll find it throughout the word. So uh, that's why, you know, we we encourage everybody, read your chapter every day. And, And that's what we do together as a church. And the more the more ignorant you are of the word, the easier you are to fool. The easier you are to dupe and to trick and mislead. But um, I believe faith people are growing and getting to the point where they are hard for the enemy to do much with. Is that right? They, you see his stuff coming down the road and you go, uh-uh, no, nah, no, nah, that can't be right. Because the word says this, right? And so you don't fall. For that stuff. In Romans 12, Romans 12 and verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Next verse says, And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now we've gone over this earlier, but I'll review just a little bit. Two big errors that a lot of even church going people believe about the will of God. One is that everything that happens is somehow God's will. 
That's just not true. That's contrary to the word. You'll hear people say, you know, including all manner of evil and destruction. You know, you'll hear people died in a tornado. People died in a car wreck. People died in earthquake and tsunami. People say, we just don't understand it. But it must have been the will of God. Really? Destruction is God's will. The Bible said he's not willing that any should perish. People say, well, that means spiritually. It means both. But are people perishing spiritually? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then they're doing it contrary to the will of God. Well, how can that be? And then, you know, if everything that happens is somehow the, the, the will of God, why would I need to have mind renewal so I could discern the will of God? Because if everything's the will of God, all I got to do is wake up and see what happens. And it must have been the will of God. Mm-mm. No, that's not what the word says. There's all kind of stuff happening on this earth that is not the will of God. That is contrary to the will and plan of God. And the second thing is people imagine that, well, you know, God's will is just so mysterious that we can't understand it. Well, how could I be expected to do it if I can't even understand it? No. No, Notice what he tells us. Don't be conformed to this world. Why? Because most of the world is not pursuing God's will. Doesn't care to know. Doesn't want to know. Don't even believe in God. So they're not doing the will of God. So don't get caught up in how they think. But do what? Be renewed. We need our minds renewed. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you think right. You immediately need to get your mind changed and renewed. What's the result of your mind being renewed with God's word and God's spirit? You can tell the difference between what's his good will and what's not his good will. What's acceptable to him, what's not acceptable to him. What is his perfect will? And that word perfect can also be translated complete. If there's complete, what else must there be? Incomplete. And so there are a lot of people who are completely out of God's will. And then there are some people who are partially in God's will. And then there is a place, though, where you can be completely. Hallelujah. In the will of God. Do you know what the most dangerous place in the world is? Out of the will of God. Is that right? You know the safest place in the world? In the will of God. We mentioned this earlier, but years ago I was down in Central America. And while we were there, there was a military coup. And oh man, it was tough. I mean, part of the folks jumped out over the walls of the fort and started shooting back at other folks. And it was the fear was palpable in the streets, and, and uh, I was this is this is decades ago, and I was just a little country boy. I'd never been anything like this, and we got ourselves back to the mission headquarters, and and the head of the the mission group there, he stood up, and, and we we were ready to pray, buddy. I mean, uh, <laughs> and he he said this. He said, "How many of you are sure that the Lord directed you to come here on this trip?" Well, man, I, I knew it because I wasn't planning on going. And the Lord, I mean, in a strong way, direct. I knew it. He said, well, if you are supposed to be here, you're safer here in the will of God right. than you would be back home out of the will of God. Right. 
Is that true or not? It's the truth. Because, I mean, plenty of people, you know, get hit by a bus or something, half a block from the house. And uh, it's not just a geographic location, it is a spiritual location. You know where the happiest place on earth is? No, it's not Disney World. It's uh, the, the happiest place <laughs> in the world. The most contented place is in the perfect will of God. When you know you're where he wants you to be, doing what he wants you to do, you will have a sense of peace that no drug can induce, no amount of buying things can accomplish. You're being what you were made to be. You're doing what you were made to do, and you'll have that sense of purpose, hallelujah, and satisfaction. Smart people pursue the will of God. They seek the will of God. Now, we mentioned uh, four main things to finding and, and fulfilling His will, and, and we're going to talk some more about one of them right now. One of them is you've got to be willing to do what He wants you to do before you find out what it is. It's called faith. If you're not willing to do it, He knows your heart, even before He goes to talk to you, and He knows if there's any point in talking to you about it or not. So you've got to be willing in your heart to do whatever he would want you to do. And uh, that comes back to trust in him. You know, he's smarter than you are. <laughs> right, come on, let's try it out for confession. So, Say it out loud. God is smarter than me. He's smarter than me. So if there's something you think you didn't want to do, and he says, I want you to do that, what should you immediately think? God, God's smarter than me. Is that right? He knows. Or if it's something that you always thought you wanted to do, and you find out, he says, no, I don't want you to do that, then what do you go? You go, right. If you don't like it, I don't like it. And your emotions will say, yeah, but I, I, wanted, I always wanted you to say, shut up, shut up. God is smarter than you. Is that right? Come on, say it out loud. God, my God is smarter than me. Way smarter. Way smarter. And I trust him. And I trust him. See, trust his plan, trust his will, trust his way. We talked about that you uh, you should ask for his will and ask for his wisdom. His plan is his wisdom. Ask for it. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. Go to we're here in Romans twelve. Go back to the eighth chapter, please. Romans eight. And notice a key component in this, in, in being able to ask and, and find, because the Word of God is the will of God. If you find it in His Word, you don't have to pray about doing it. Just get to it. His Word is His will. But there's a lot of specific detail you won't find in the written Word. You know, your name where you're supposed to work, who you're supposed to marry, what you're supposed to be involved in. How do I make those decisions and how do I make it according to the will of God? Well, I'm actually moving just a little bit too quick here. Hold your place in Romans. Go to Colossians. In the fourth chapter of Colossians, verse 12, 
It says, Epaphras, who's one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you always laboring fervently for you in prayers. To what end? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. What we didn't read is another one of our texts in Ephesians that said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So that means you can't understand it. That means he expects us to find it and understand it and do it. Here we see prayer being a component of this. He said he was praying fervently that you would stand perfect and complete In all the will of God. Well see just that alone would show you. That everything that happens. Is not the will of God. Because if it is. There's no need in praying about it. Because nothing's going to happen. Except it's the will of God. And the only thing that is happening. Is the will of God. Whether you understand it or not. Why pray about that? No. And you see perfect and complete. If there's perfect and complete. What is there? Imperfect. And incomplete. And he's praying for them. That they would get all the way in. All the way into. God's plan for their life. Now. With that in mind. Back to Romans 8. You see. Why. What is the. The pull against. The will of God. We know there's an enemy. But notice something else. In Romans, the eighth chapter, there's actually it'd be good if we just read half the chapter because it's dealing with this. But he said, uh, verse uh, five, he said, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, that's another way of saying fleshy mind, is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, see, we're talking about pleasing God. Finding his will. Doing his will. What, what's working against us doing that? The flesh. Whose flesh? <laughs> Your flesh. <laughs> My flesh. So when we got born again, it wasn't our bodies that got born again. Your body's just the same the day after you got born again as it was before you got born again. It's the man on the inside. And your flesh will still want to do the same stuff it did before you got saved. Oh, y'all are too quiet on that one. (laughs) If you let the, you, you can let the outer man dominate you. Or the inner man can dominate you. And the connecting point is the mind. Did you notice this, this verse? My, what, what's your mind? He said, they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, you could say they mind the things of the spirit. 
We are not just a brain and a body. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. And you have a mind. Now all of that is unseen. And the, uh, the brain is not the mind. The brain is the physical organ that your mind, your soul expresses itself through. If your brain was removed, you'd still have your mind. And you'd still be you. You just couldn't express yourself in this physical realm. And when your body dies, you slip out of it like a hand out of a glove. You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. I see your body, but I don't see you. You're inside there. I'm inside here. And even though the body dies, that's not the end of you. And you don't turn into something else. You don't turn into an angel. That'd be a demotion. You slip out of your, when you die, you're going to slip out of your body just like a hand comes out of a glove. And you'll probably turn and see your body, either in the hospital bed or wherever it fell, and you'll go, wow. Man, didn't know I was that old. (laughs) Didn't, Didn't know I looked that old. (laughs) and then you'll go whoo I feel good no restrictions no hindrances and and probably your your big angel will be right there and he'll say you ready to go and you'll go yeah and you're off to depart and to be with Christ which is far better than being here if 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 you're a believer Not everybody who dies goes to heaven. People talk like they do. They say, well, they're going to a better place. Are they? Did they? Not if they're not a believer. Not if they rejected the Lord. Some people go down. When you die, you either leave and go up, or you leave and go down. And a lot of folks don't like it that plain and clear, but the Bible is either true or it's not. And like we said earlier, people say, well, I got a right to my beliefs. Well, you can make up anything you want to. But it's going to be hard when you find out the hard way, when you breathe your last. And find, you know, because when people leave this earth, there's no more unbelievers. They, they get hit with reality, regardless of what they thought when they were here. Which is part of our job. We want to take everybody with us that we can. Is that right? Everybody with us. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. There is. This is real. This is not imaginary. But in this interim time, this short, short, if you live a hundred years, it's a blink of an eye. You're going to soon be out of here. Why am I here? People speculate about the great mysteries of life. Well, no, God made you for a reason. You have grace and graces and gifts that can contribute to his work, his things, his people. And so you want to find the plan of God and get on it as early as you possibly can and stay on it and don't deviate. Do you believe it? And if you've wasted some time, all the more reason to get serious about finding and doing his will. 
What will pull on you to not do his will? The flesh. Flesh. Wow. (laughs) You know, Jesus said concerning his own disciples at that critical hour right before the crucifixion, he said, uh, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And you see that they, they were fearful and they, they ran away and even Peter denied the Lord when the pressure was on. What, that's not the perfect will of God. What is that? Flesh. Can you see that? Amen. Do you have flesh? Oh, yeah. If you just yield to your flesh, you wouldn't be at church this morning. No. That's why a lot of folks are not in church. <laughs> just, <laughs> just yield to, if you yield to, if you just do what your flesh feels, the flesh is lazy and the flesh is fearful and the flesh is impulsive and the flesh is impatient. Y'all sound like you know something about this. <laughs> And too many people are absolutely led by the flesh. Morning, noon, and night. And if you're led by the flesh, you are not doing the will of God. You are not pleasing God. Come on, can you see this? It's not just my idea. Verse 8. So they that are in the flesh can't please God. That means you're not walking by faith. You're not doing his plan. You're not doing his will. Well, what, what causes you to walk in the flesh? Where your mind is. People have had goofy ideas about this. People have thought being in the spirit meant you were caught up in a trance. There are experiences. There are different levels of visions. But you could go all your life and never have an open vision or hear an audible voice or see an angel. And it wouldn't mean anything was wrong with you. These things don't happen all the time. And they don't happen for everybody. These are special things. And yet, you can communicate with God every day of your life by His Spirit who is inside of you through the inward witness. He will commune with you. In this same chapter, if you skip down a little bit, he he said, well, let's let's keep reading from verse 8. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But if the Spirit of God dwell in you, Verse 10, but if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. Then he talks about being quickened by the spirit. In verse 13, well, verse 12, we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if through the spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Can you see this contrast between being led by the Spirit and dominated by the flesh? You get mad, upset, angry, hurt, and your flesh is flooded with these feelings, and you just act on it, you will do fleshy stuff. You'll slap people and 
cuss people out and act like a heathen. Is that the will of God? No. And that's going to cause more problems. We may have to come bail you out. And you got lawsuits and everything else. And all of that could have been avoided if you'd have just for a moment realized the love of God has been shed abroad, not in your flesh, but in your heart. And if you'd have listened, the Spirit of God would have been trying to get a hold of you saying, quit, quit, don't do that. Hush, (laughs) walk away, right? And see, one, you would be being led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you're going to wind up doing the will of God. Oh, y'all awake or not? The other, if you just act how you feel in the flesh, you're not led by the Spirit. You're not doing the will of God. You actually give place to the enemy, and being in the flesh can't please God. We can't find and do all the perfect will of God without being led by the Spirit. Got to be led by the Spirit. And in order to be led by the Spirit, it matters where your mind is. Our minds can focus outwardly to what, when the Bible says flesh, it's talking about all of this natural material stuff outwardly. And this is where most people live. Just focused out here. That's how most people live. This is their whole world, what they see, hear, touch, smell, feel. That's flesh world. But if you're a believer, the Spirit of God's on the inside of you. Is this true? He knows everything about Everything. You might bet some people that thought they did, but he actually does. He knows everything about what you're doing in day-to-day life. He knows everything about how to cook, how to clean, how to build, how to drive, how to do your job. He knows everything about everything, but you won't find it out here asking everybody what they think. Are just doing Google searches. And you can get a head full. Of information about the subject. And still not have a clue what to do. And you know. Remember when Mary and Martha. Were there with Jesus in their home. And and Martha was troubled about a lot of things. And getting ready. and, And Mary plopped down at the feet of Jesus and wanted to hear the word. And and Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're full of care. You're troubled about a lot of things. But he said, one thing is needful. And Mary's chosen that thing, that good thing, that won't be taken from her. When it comes down to situations, you don't need to know everything in the world. You just need to know the one thing that I need to know right now, the one thing that I need to do, we could save so much time instead of going through this fatiguing process of elimination, trying 50 things that didn't work. That means we're being led by the flesh. That means we're walking by sight. We're not praying. We're not checking. In Proverbs 3, put that up again for us, please. Proverbs 3, 5. What does it say? 
Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. Lean not to your own what? Is there a difference between your head and your heart? Being head led is being flesh led. Because all your inputs to the head, if your, fo- if your mind is focused outward, are flesh inputs. But your heart, now your heart, that's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical heart any more than you can believe God with your lungs or your kidneys. But heart refers to the core. If you say, this is the heart of an oak tree. You're not talking about a blood pump. What are you talking about? The core. The center part. What's the core of your being? God is spirit. He's the father of spirits. What are you? Spirit. Soul. Mind. Inner body. And so instead of looking out here, asking everybody and their brother and sister what they think I ought to do, Looking out here, trying to just keep analyzing and reanalyzing and reanalyzing all the information. Now, now God gave you a mind. You're supposed to use it. And there are some things you need to learn. But when it comes time to make a decision, what am I making my decision based on? Not statistics. Not demographics. Not price. Not cost. Not need. Not opportunity. Not availability. Because all of those things are coming from out here. What am I making my decision based on? Trust in the Lord with all your... I'm checking inside. Instead of just focusing out here, I'm turning my mind inside. Not just looking for the answer in myself. There's somebody else who lives in here with me. Oh, hallelujah. There's somebody else inside me and he knows he didn't have to find out he already knows what I need to do what's going to work what's right what's the plan of God what's the will of God what does it say the next verse in all your ways in all your ways say that loud in all your ways this is not just something you do on Sunday morning this is not just something you do when you're in a jam and you need help we were talking about flying a while ago, and, and uh, Mike and I, we just did a trip up in northeast. We did a trip out west, and we did a trip. We are about six states the last couple of weeks, and we were, we were around a record snowstorm and thunderstorms, and there was all kind of stuff here and there, and here we are without a scratch. Glory to God. People say, well, people do that all the time. Yeah, but sometimes people don't make it. What's the difference? No matter how long you've been doing it or what you think you know, every day is a new day. And we we, we pray and we check our hearts and we go, when do you go? And no matter what other people may think or what they're doing, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. That way you don't get caught, you don't get surprised with things that nobody forecast and nobody knew. And you say, well, yeah, I think you ought to do that if you're flying. You ought to do that when you're going to the mall. You ought to do that when you're driving to work. The enemy is always trying to set you up. He would like to kill you at an intersection with somebody running a red light. 
And all you got to do is be led by the Spirit of God and be 15 minutes early and miss the whole thing. I don't know if y'all listening to me or not. But this won't come just by saying, well, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever's to be will be, and taking no responsibility. You got to pray and be led by the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, checking your heart, and when you get a check about something, don't ignore that. Don't reason it away. Don't listen to somebody else. Pay attention to what you get inside. Being led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Can you say amen? Amen. Look in Galatians, please. In uh, both Philippians and, what did I say Galatians? I told you wrong. Colossians is where I want you to go right now. Colossians 3. Did you hear what, what he said in Romans about the difference between the flesh and the spirit? To be carnally minded, flesh minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. And then before the chapter was over, he's talking about the quickening of the spirit. It's very important to learn the characteristics of flesh versus spirit. If you're following the flesh, it's wearisome. It's fatiguing. Worrisome. And like we already said, the flesh is impulsive and impatient. In order to be led by the Spirit, what are you going to have to do? Get a hold of your flesh. Is that right? And say, now just settle down here. We haven't heard from God yet. Yeah, but I'm in a hurry and we got a schedule and yeah, but the, well, that's how you miss God. Talking too much, moving too quick, staying with a plan you made, even though it's obvious everything's going wrong. Trying to push a deal through, you got no favor. They've already gone up on you three times. And again, I don't mean you're led by price either. You don't, you know, buying the cheapest one can be missing God. Is that right? Don't just be led by price. There's too many things you don't know. And do you know the future? So the only way to get it right is to quit just trying to do everything based on your head and to learn to check inside, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. In all your ways, you're going, Lord, okay, what, what about this? What, what do I do about this? Which way should I go on this? And pray in the Spirit and check your heart. And what are you looking for? You're looking for the witness. And you're also looking for life and peace. Oh, come on, did you see that? If you can't get settled on it, you got no peace. You need it. The clock's ticking. There's pressure. There's pushing. But every time you go to do it, you're just like, something's not right. Don't override that. Don't ignore that. In Colossians 3, verse 15, he said, let the peace of God 
rule in your hearts. Now, did you hear heart? Heart as opposed to head. Heart as opposed to flesh. Let the peace of God. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Life is quickening. What's, What's flesh like? Dull, draining, fatiguing. Got to do it now. I don't care. (laughs) Impulsive, impatient, fearful. What spirit? Life. I'm looking for a quickening. I'm looking for a quickening. You know, when God told uh, Samuel to go anoint one of Jesse's sons as kings, go back and read it sometime. He didn't tell him who it was. He told him who it wasn't. They brought out all the boys. And they had a big family. And he brought them one by one. They brought the oldest and he said, the Lord said, that's not him. They brought the next one. That's not him. They brought the next one. That's not him. Brought the next, what was it, seven or so sons? And then he they, they, they were out of sons. And he said, they got any more sons. That's right. You got any more sons? He said, well, yeah, we, we got, you know, a teenager. He's out with the sheep, you know, but he's a long-haired guitar player. And he, you know, he's, <laughs> he's pretty wild, always shooting stuff with his slingshot. And there's a reason they didn't even bring him to the house. Is that right? Is that amazing? Didn't even bring him to the house. And so the prophet said, well, we're not sitting down to eat till he comes. And then when he got there, they had to wait on him. The Lord said, this is him. This is him. Why did the Lord just not tell him to start with? That's what, well, he expects you to follow him by faith. And he leads you in steps. And there are a number of reasons why he does that way, many of which you may not know in this life, but you'll find out later. But don't rush it. And, and don't say, well, the Lord said, anoint one of Jesse's boys. Here's his boys. We've got to pick one of them. So, no, there was something you didn't know. Here's another boy. Don't force yourself to pick one between three wrong choices. When there can be option C, D, and E, you don't even know about. But see, you've got to get a hold of the flesh, not be impulsive, not be impatient. You've got to wait on the Lord. Till you get what? The witness. The quickening of life. And and peace. Come on, can you see the peace? In the Amplified. The Amplified says, let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts. The Amplified said, let it act as an umpire. That's a picture, isn't it? Umpire. What does the umpire do? He's calling safe, out, and then that's supposed to be the end of it. Well, what's what's supposed to be inside you calling do it, don't, this is it, this is not it? Let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. And it goes on to say, and be thankful. 
Oh, somebody say glory to God. This is the way believers are supposed to live. Not impulsive. Not knee jerk. Not led by pressure. Our opportunities. Our needs. Our price or cost or any of that. But led by the Spirit. Somebody say thank you Father. For the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about Epaphras. He prayed a lot. That they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. All of us need to pray. That was too weak. Sometimes Jesus prayed all night. And on one occasion that he did, the very next day, he goes and appoints the 12 apostles. Reckon there's a connection there. How did he know which ones to pick? He prayed all night. He got, he got the quickening. He got the witness. He got the peace. When you get the answer from God, you know it. I said, you know it. And if you don't have it, no matter how much your flesh wants to be done with it, you don't have it till you get it. And you got to make yourself. Relax. Make yourself. Put the flesh under. Control the flesh. Control the impulses. Control the impatience. Control those things. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in faith. Watch and look. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will cause you to know. The Bible said he even shows you things to come. Now how does that work? Well Jesus said only do what I see the father do. And he saw himself do things. He saw the father in him doing it. And when you think about the future. You want to pray like this. Think about the future. And about doing this or that. And as you're praying about it. Can you see yourself doing it? And. There are times where you just can't see it and something bothers you about it. Okay, don't try to make that happen. You just keep praying and looking. And this Bible said the Spirit of God will guide you into all the truth. He will show you things to come. And and you'll begin to, there are situations where you'll see yourself doing that and working out this way. And what you just got a glimpse of was things to come. And the Spirit of God revealed it to you. And you take one step and it begins to happen just that way. But that didn't come out of your head. That came from Him. Well, there's much more to say. But stand on your feet, everybody. Stand up. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.